0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Silver Emulsion Podcast. From Bombay to Baltimore, we've got you covered. So strap on in and get ready to have a good time. Because it's Silver Emulsion Time. Everybody, welcome to the Silver Emulsion Podcast. My name is Will Kauf, and I'll be your host for this evening. And well, I guess it's, <laughs> it doesn't have to be this evening, I mean, you guys could be listening to it uh, at any point in the future uh, morning, noon, or night. So <laughs> I will also be your host at those points, too. <laughs> I don't think I'm forsaking you uh, in, in these non evening moments. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, uh, so this is uh, episode number 11, and it's going to be perhaps a short show. I don't know. Uh, I only have two movies to talk about, and those movies are both horror movies. Uh, The first one is a 1991 movie directed by Lucio Fulci called Voices from Beyond, and the second one is what year was that? 1982's *Pieces*, directed by Juan Piquer Simot. <laughs> uh, I never tried to say that out loud, so that that's uh, that's that's your first take. Silver emotion, first take. <laughs> um, so that, that's, uh, those are the two movies. Hopefully uh, that will wet your whistle <laughs> for the week. <laughs> uh, so um, that will be coming up in a little bit. But first, uh, I have some feedback. So feedback for this week. I got a comment from Evan. And here we go. Dude, I got five minutes into this podcast And stopped it and need to rant. I absolutely loathed the new Star Wars. It was the most pandering pile of dick and I am actually sorry I ever watched it. I was actually depressed for days after seeing it. It may as well have been a 200 million dollar YouTube fan film by some dork douchebag who managed to pay Harrison Ford to act like he didn't want to be there. The strangest thing, though, after thinking that the prequels cut a fart, this was set to be the Star Wars that all of the fans wanted. It was the Star Wars movie I thought I wanted. All practical effects, original cast of characters, and space combat instead of trade treaties. Sign me up! So after days of wallowing in this mindfuckery of depression and disappointment and confusion, I decided to finally strap in, and for the first time, watch Star Wars Episode Three. I want to publicly apologize to George Lucas and regret the last decade and a half of trashing the prequels. I have a huge respect for everything he was trying to do with the prequels, And fuck, man, it all came together in episode three. And I didn't realize how right he was, how much he was trying to do, how much he actually loved the world he created until after seeing episode seven. You're absolutely right. George Lucas had some huge balls to do a different approach to a trilogy that changed the world and was loved by every culture on the planet. It's like when the Beatles ditched the I-want-to-hold-your-hand shit for acid and sitar's. There's so much depth and wisdom in the prequels, and the fucking story is so good, and the world was expanded and explored in places never expected. Star Wars has politics and congresses and shit? What the fuck? The story and depth and world in the prequels is almost superior to the original trilogy, in lots of ways it's goddamn near Shakespearean there's so much more that George Lucas was trying to show and explore and that far far outweighs the trivial shit like there's too much CGI and George Lucas has a fat neck (laughs) I now think that losing George Lucas means losing Star Wars the man is a true artist and visionary yeah fuck Jar Jar and there's plenty of flaws But I highly respect his vision, his story, his wisdom, the depth and courage he was willing to go, and the balls to not repeat himself and be original. I can't say the same for J.J.'s rehash nerd jerk-off show. (laughs) Sadly, I'm jumping off the Star Wars movies from here. There's going to be a slew of visionless horse shit coming out for the next couple decades, and I don't want to be a part of it and keep up with it all. Don't like the new Star Wars? Try the Han Solo series. Don't like the Han Solo movies? Try the Boba Fett spin offs. Don't like the first nine movies? Try the next 37. Suck a dick. Pretty soon, that blue elephant flute guy <laughs> is going to have his own movie. Oh man, I'd watch that shit. <laughs> That's a will aside. Back to the Evan. Tatooine is the pit. We need to take our music intergalactic. Norb, norb. <laughs> uh, I'm done. Mr. Lucas, I apologize. You were right, and I was wrong. Rant over. For now. P.S. I thought the first podcast was great, and they're actually getting better and better. Keep up the good shit. Well, thanks, Evan. Uh, you say a lot in that comment uh, so let me try to parse out some of what I wanted to say uh, in response uh, I'm, I'm I totally agree with you that the new star wars is pandering fucking nerd jerk off show uh, definitely I mean there's no way around it that's exactly what it is and I like you I was depressed <laughs> after seeing it like it just like you say uh, you were wallowing in this fucking mindfuckery like that shit lasted for me for months and and not not so much the depression over the new Star Wars being shitty because i honestly didn't i didn't have that high of expectations for it because i've never liked jj J. abrams I I like the the Star Wars uh, Star Trek movies that he did, but I I don't <laughs> I didn't see that kind of style translating to Star Wars really at all. But I remember thinking right when it started the the new Star Wars, the first shot after the the fucking title scroll, whatever you call it, the crawl. After that, and then it pans down, or wherever it pans, I don't remember which way it does in the new one, and then the first shot is just the shadow, like, covering up that moon, and it's not, I mean, like, I don't need them to recreate anything that's been done before, but that first shot needs to be, like, A big fucking image memorable image and the fact that the first image was this this thing that was almost like negative image where it was taking away image I don't know if I'm making any sense but right from that first fucking shot I was just like oh man I don't think this is gonna be very good (laughs) like literally i was off fucking off board right there but you know i i I strapped in and thought well you know we'll see (laughs) and then about halfway through maybe not even that much i was just like oh man (laughs) there's no fucking way (laughs) this is such a piece of shit but yeah but the, the 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 depression and shit I mean it was surprising how how deep that shit ran for me. I I watched the originals right before I saw the new one and what I, I I I hadn't seen them in a long long time and what I really took away from them this time is just that thing that I was talking about in the last episode where structurally Like, there's a few elements that make up original Star Wars. And then I think I went over my elements of of episode... Whatever. Empire Strikes Back. Um, Where it's like Ice Planet to Asteroids or whatever. Anyway, all of that shit. Like, I noticed that you could break down all of those original three movies into really... Um, easily defined sections and all of those sections were unique to themselves and built the world up and basically none of that really repeated throughout and even when you get to Return of the Jedi and they're repeating the, the Death Star stuff the the focus of those, those scenes is completely different than Then the focus in the first one, because you have the ground battle of, like, the Ewoks and all that shit with the shield generator. And then you have the massive space battle thing going on, uh, which is completely unseen before in, in any of those three movies. And then there's the tunnel, which is a new experience a variation on the the trench for sure, but completely unique visually. And then the, uh... the, The Emperor's fucking throne room. So... Even though they're redoing a Death Star thing, it's still, like, the focus... Is completely different and it's not on the same things so that's why you know even though they technically repeat a Death Star I don't really you know I I I don't really see it as repeating so much um, but yeah but but so I I watched those I was taken by how how much just pure fucking imagination went into making those three movies unique, um, start to finish. And then I saw the new one and I thought, wow, this is just a rehash bullshit. And I started to think as the days went on, and like I, I was so, I don't want to say emotional, but I was so like, uh, <laughs> fucking obsessed and like fixated on cracking why the fucking new one was shitty that I literally like would talk to anybody who would listen I would talk to uh, like my mother in law about it and she doesn't fucking give a shit but I went on for like an hour straight (laughs) I was talking to uh, Laura's sister (laughs) on the phone for like an hour (laughs) and she kind of cares but like it was just nuts and i did it in person again like i was so i couldn't stop and i was like talking to myself in the fucking like in the car and shit i just i couldn't stop thinking about it and and what i came back to was how like when i thought about the prequels because my initial reaction even when i saw the new one was oh but it's still better than the prequels because the prequels are shit like that was just a that was a like an undeniable fact but then as the days went on i started to question that because i started thinking about the elements of the prequels in the same way that i thought about the way the the originals are made up by these big chunks that you can easily define you know ice planet asteroids swamp planet stuff like that and i and i noticed that my remembering of like episode one and whatever everything that i remembered from those was very similar to that where they're all new elements to the world and um even within those prequel trilogies. And there is some overlap there, because all three movies have Coruscant shit. Coruscant? Is that how you say? Coruscant? I don't know. Whatever. The fucking building planet. Like, all of those have that, and so that's... They're not completely unique, but each one has new planets that are completely brand new concepts and it's very impressive and George Lucas said that when he sold Star Wars to Disney he also sold them uh, treatments and worlds pre like worlds that had been designed for the next three movies uh, to go with the treatments and he sent it to him and he's he like okay you know this was part of the fucking the deal or whatever and at the beginning of the episode seven talks when they were starting to make it they had him there as a consultant and he like it was a condition of the contract that they didn't have to do his trilogy but they also they wanted his trilogy to look at it or whatever and so initially i think they were starting from whatever he had and it became apparent to george and to disney that they didn't want to use his episode seven because as as George Lucas said in this interview that I watched, he said they wanted to make a movie for the fans. They wanted to make a retro movie, and I wanted to push it forward again. You know, I and he says shit like, uh, I don't remember what this interview was. I think it was like Charlie Rose or something like that. Um, but he says, like, I worked really hard to make unique elements and new planets and new new everything for each movie i really want them to be you know unique and and stand on their own and so it was such a like a personal defeat for him to see star wars have a new movie and not be an artistic evolution of that idea and when they asked him like if he liked the new movie <laughs> you could see the fucking like the sadness in his eyes he was so like fucking beaten down especially from all the like the however many years t- almost 20 years of fan outcry about the prequels and shit You just all of that was <laughs> like in his eyes and he was just like yeah the fans will like it <laughs> so sad and i feel so bad for for bad mouthing those those prequels as well for so long because you know they really are unique um artistic films that deserve a lot more than than the fans gave them credit for and and i I still stand by the fact that they're not great movies you you're a little more like pro prequel than I am even but uh, regardless of of that and I don't think that even matters um, George Lucas really needs to be <laughs> fucking respected for being an artist because and and this goes back to like the idea that I th- I think I, I talked about on the first episode uh, reckoning with the art the artist a true artist is a creative force and they're not necessarily worried about the audience or anything other than like being creative and as a as a fan or as somebody on the outside of that creative process all we see of a movie or a, an album or a book anything that that's been created all we see is the finished product and we judge it from that point point. and so perhaps in certain instances intention will come through and we'll get an idea of what the artist is trying to convey sometimes you know maybe it's not as cohesive as the artist wanted but maybe maybe the artist made it exactly as he wanted and so definitely in the case of the prequels george lucas made the fucking movie that he wanted and george lucas prior to the prequels defined himself as an artist that does not in any way want to repeat himself um even like the fucking the ewok (laughs) adventure movies even those fucking movies are brand new concepts being brought into the star wars universe and they're both of those movies are completely like unique to the world and unique from one another and it's i mean i don't necessarily (laughs) recommend tracking uh the second one down but i love the first one i've watched that a million times ever since i was a kid but one of the first things that stood out to me about episode seven in the in the aftermath (laughs) um I kept thinking while I was watching the movie about how the movie never pauses to ever have like a landscape shot. There's no, you know, like in the in the in all of the Star Wars movies, there's always a moment through moments throughout the movie where where like a character is in front of a vast landscape or something and the music the fucking beautiful John Williams music swells and creates this fucking real emotion in in the, the audience's heart. And you fucking feel whatever this character is feeling through the music. It's amazing. It's perfect filmmaking. Uh, you know, marriage of music and, and visuals and human emotions. It's fucking brilliant. And there's not like I don't think there's a single moment like that in the new movie like it never pauses for long enough to have anything that resonates like that and so that really stood out and the fact that there's no there's not like any traditionally well composed shots it's all like moving too fast and it's too it's so fucking modern and so that was like where i started trying to parse out what bothered me i think if i remember right and i remember coming to the conclusion that george lucas is how do i say this um he's very influenced by classic films and most of what he's done is in some way related to things of the past. American Graffiti is obviously tied to the past and his teenage years, and that would be like the 60s, I think. Then a throwback for Star Wars is the Flash Gordon stuff that he saw when he was a kid, and to the same thing, you know, he did the stories of Indiana Jones, which is, again, a throwback to serials, other serials, I don't know what serials, whatever. Anyway. Captain Crunch cereals. <laughs> um but he's essentially a filmmaker who is in love with things of the past and then bringing them forward in his own way. Kind of in a way like a Tarantino guy where um you know, he loves Tarantino loves the 70s, his movies kind of not really, but kind of have a flavor of the 70s. And so in that In a similar way to that, but not really similar because George Lucas is a, a true artist and a filmmaker where I don't, you know, Tarantino is more of a mixtape maker, but anyway, George Lucas is a fan of classic film. He makes classically inspired films. And so. The J.J. Abrams Star Wars, he grew up in the 80s, or whenever the fuck he grew up, 70s, 80s. And so, and I don't get that feeling from any of his movies that he is in any way, um, like, has affection for, like, classic fucking movies, like 50s and before. I mean, And maybe he does, but he doesn't evidence that in any of his stylistic choices or anything like that. The way he shoots a movie, the way he edits a movie. And obviously he's working in the modern era, so like everything has to be a fucking uh, slam-bang bullshit, <laughs> whatever. Because uh, he's in blockbuster land. But I feel like... I mean, he's probably... he He's a fucking mega director. He's got to have final cut. And if he was a true visionary, he could fucking do whatever the fuck he wanted. Um, but he doesn't, because he's a fucking hack. <laughs> he's probably a nice guy, and I feel bad, but, <laughs> you know, his his artistic output, uh, not so pleasing. Uh, but anyway, uh, <laughs> the point that I'm trying to get to is that Star Wars, the original Star Wars, and the prequels, both carry a similar... Style and a pace and a meter to them that I feel like is directly taken, and taken is a strong word, but it's directly, um, uh, (laughs) I don't know, taken, fuck it, from Kurosawa movies specifically and classic film in general. And so with episode seven, it's the first Star Wars movie to not directly be influenced by Kurosawa and classic film. So it has a completely different feel. And yes, the fucking there's guys in stormtrooper suits and they built a fucking Millennium Falcon. But at the end of the day, it still doesn't feel like fucking star wars to me because so much of what is star wars to me is that fucking kurosawa influence and not just the wipes but like everything about the way those movies move within the scenes and with between scenes i don't i don't know how to describe it it's it's a Kind of just like a feeling, you know. I know it when I see it. One of those sort of things. And I don't. Nobody would look at the new Star Wars and and say, "Oh yeah, well this guy obviously likes classic movies." But they, I could, you, you definitely would with the old ones. And this is a total fucking ramble. <laughs> but that was. Like the real sticking point for me that that really c- clicked me into um, uncovering what I didn't like about Star Wars because I I remember being in the theater thinking this is what I wanted this is this is basically what I asked for after the prequels came out like oh, why didn't they do this why didn't they do that they needed to have X wings they needed to have this they needed to have that. Like, why the fuck didn't they do that? Now they're doing it. And like halfway through the movie, I was thinking, well, th- this is it. I'm watching it. This is what I fucking asked for. And I don't want this. This is nothing like what I would actually want. And and that led me to the prequels and actually seeing like, you know what? <laughs> as uh, The things that I don't like about these movies, I still don't like but they're they're, in terms of artistic risk and presenting new ideas to you and like wowing you with new shit. I mean, whether you like those movies or not, they are presenting new worlds. And if you're open to that, that's fucking cool. And that's fucking, like, admirable. Not like, you know, I mean, who gives a shit about the planet in episode 7 where the girl is? Fucking Jakku. Who gives a shit about that? Oh, it's Jakku, but it's a desert and it looks just fucking like Tatooine. Why the fuck isn't it just Tatooine? Oh, well, you know. It can't just be Tatooine, it's fucking Jakku. But there's no, like, there's nothing about Jakku that makes it stand out as anything. And if there's one thing that really defines Star Wars, it's that, you know, each world is fucking different. And I, (laughs) logically, you know, well, if there's one desert planet, there's probably another desert planet. I get it but this is fantasy this is it can be anything that you want it can literally be anything that you want so why the fuck would you go again and make another desert planet it makes no fucking sense whatsoever at all like (laughs) if you want to have a desert planet just go back to tatooine you can explore new places on tatooine it's a whole fucking planet the 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 original movie is on Tatooine shows certain places the return of the jedi goes to Tatooine shows new places from that are not in episode 1 i mean uh, whatever the fucking star wars and then episode 1 goes to Tatooine again and shows even more new places and then the other ones go to Tatooine too, but I think those are going back to the episode, f- the 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 Star Wars original Star Wars locations. But I don't remember. But anyway, that the point is, is that it's a whole planet. If you want to use a desert planet, use Tatooine. There's no reason not to. <laughs> it's fucking stupid. It, it's just it's dumb shit like that. Like that just. It's like, do you even fundamentally understand Star Wars in any way? Like, it's a fucking... Like, I don't know. Whatever. (laughs) Fuck J.J. Abrams. And fuck his shitty Star Wars. Oh my god. (laughs) We've been talking for so long about fucking Star Wars. Now I don't even want to talk about these other movies. (laughs) Oh, man, I'm just, like, exhausted from thinking about Star Wars and trying, like, trying to not just talk about Star Wars, but just trying to dredge up all these feelings that I had a year ago that I forgot about. <laughs> it's such trash. It's just fucking trash. And, and I felt the same way about the, the new Muppet movie. I don't know about you, but you as the collective audience, but... Uh, I love the first three Muppet movies made by Jim Henson and then after that uh, Jim Henson was not directly involved with those movies and so they're not as good and I just even as a kid I didn't really care for them the new Muppet movie came out a few years ago everybody goes apeshit the Muppets are back yay And then I saw it, and it's such a piece of shit movie. It's fucking horrific. And it's nothing like the original Muppets. There's no original songs. They're all singing fucking pop songs. It's just a fucking product. It's just a piece of shit. It's fucking horrific. And I went through the same sort of depression that people accepted that as a Muppet movie when the original movies were so original, like, just like Star Wars in a, in a in a similar way just very original and ugh, whatever anyway if you haven't seen the new muppet movie don't fucking see it if you like the old muppet movies cuz those are fucking good uh <laughs> all right muppet rant over okay so Let's get into the uh, the main portion of the show, which is probably going to be shorter than the <laughs> fucking Star Wars rant-a-thon by, uh, started by Evan. So, the first movie is, like I said many moons ago, I said that it was a 1991, uh, Lucio Fulci film called Voices from Beyond, and... I believe it is one of the last movies directed by Lucio Fulci. I'm not a super fan of him. Um, I I, I enjoy some of his movies. Uh, I respect him, but I don't get exactly why he's so popular, honestly. Um, Yeah, it looks like he made uh, one other movie after this, Door to Silence haven't seen it. I don't know. Um, so he made 53 movies. Voices from Beyond was the second to last. And he was like in his heyday. Um, when would that be? Like mid to late 70s into the early 80s. It's like his fucking... Those are his days. So this is like 10 years after that. He's at the end of his career he died five years later at age 68 not that that really has any bearing on this um so anyway voices from beyond it is a movie and the movie starts <laughs> <laughs> a fucking stunning commentary by will it is a movie <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that confirmation. <laughs> such a dumbass sometimes. <laughs> um, so, the movie starts. And there's like a little dream sequence. And this... There's like a couple who are engaged in a lovemaking session. And... Think the, I think there's like a kid fucking crying or some shit. Some, some fucking noise, I don't remember. <laughs> uh, anyway, the dude gets all like pissed off. And he gets up and he goes down to where the kid is. And he's like, oh, you, you better shut the fuck up. <laughs> and the kid just uh, keeps going or whatever. And so the, then, <laughs> then the dude just grabs a fucking knife. And stabs the fucking kid, like, right in the chest. And just, like, four fucking times. And it's all gory and nasty. (laughs) Like, wow, that's how you start a movie, man. And then... um, So, it it is then revealed that it's a dream sequence. But I already uh, blew it by revealing it at the beginning. But anyway. uh, So, he didn't actually murder the kid. Just a dream by... The female in the lovemaking situation. And I don't remember. I don't fucking have names for any of these people. So it's going to be real vague. So then the dude. Uh, is dying. Like for real. He's in his hospital bed. He's dying. And <laughs> it's like. <laughs> it's so funny. Because he's just spitting up all this blood. But it's just, like, uh, like, red-colored water. (laughs) And he just is spitting up these fucking gallons of it. So then, (laughs) they show, like, a medium shot of the bed, and the whole fucking sheet is just covered in this (laughs) fucking blood. It's so, so, like, over-the-top. I loved it. It was so funny. Anyway, so then, (laughs) the dude dies all bloody. And then they they're like uh, gonna start doing an autopsy on him and at this point the the guy who has just died is now talking to the audience in voiceover (laughs) and he says something about like oh why why do you need to do an autopsy uh you know did they did they did somebody try to kill me or something I don't know some some shit like that, and then uh, eventually we get to the the autopsy scene a couple minutes later, and the guy's still talking to the audience and he's because uh, they they rip open his stomach and this is all done like just in one gnarly looking shot of a fucking stomach being sliced open and then they take out all these guts and start chopping shit up. Uh, it's not as gnarly as that makes it sound, but it's. Uh, I'm I'm not into. I can't watch fucking surgery shit. Uh, so it was pretty tough to watch, and and uh, they use, uh, they use what looks like like actual guts, probably pig guts or some fucking shit, and so it's na- it's really nasty, real looking, and you know I was suitably uh, grossed out, uh, in a good way. So, so they cut out a piece of his intestine, and, and they're like, "Okay, well, we gotta test this, but it's gonna take a couple of days to test it." Um, so, you know, basically, we're done for now. And then the guy comes back on the voiceover, and it's like, "Oh, well, why do they have to wait? If they could do it now, they would know how I died." <laughs> Just dumb. Sh- it's it's not. <laughs> it's no fucking Shakespeare. So anyway um, The movie Is not A great movie It's not really well made But at the same time uh, Fulci is a director That like He knows what he's doing So It's not like A a badly made movie But just the, The like, it's kind of low budget, so the dubbing is, like, horrifically... It's so bad. And so a lot of the, the acting and the dubbing is just really fucking bad. And the <laughs> the fucking... The script is <laughs> so shitty. Like, um, the if you've ever seen Troll 2, the script for Troll 2 was written by the director and maybe a co-writer too i don't remember but uh, the director uh, is an italian guy who does not speak english and so he wrote the script in italian and then he had it translated uh, into english like not well translated he just had it translated and then Uh, he had it translated as he wrote it in in italian not knowing how english is supposed to be spoken and then he insisted that the actors read exactly his words so (laughs) like a lot of the things that are weird about troll 2 are directly related to that like it's written by a guy who just does not understand english and I wouldn't be surprised if a similar situation uh, occurred here. Because some of these lines are so fucking funny. And there's no. Like, it's supposed to be serious. But there's no way <laughs> that you could take it seriously. Um, and for a first in Silver Emulsion history, I have. Uh, I, I've recorded them and I will play them. <laughs> so uh, the first one here is now will you please leave me on my own your stupid face is putting me off my breakfast <laughs> you know what i'm saying like <laughs> i don't see an english speaker writing <laughs> a line like that um but then also I want to bring up the, the little jam that comes in at the end and that fucking song which is a dope little jam uh, is playing like all throughout the dude's funeral <laughs> like the whole time as people are coming in and like viewing the body it's just <laughs> like it's, fucking, it's like a fun little song it's, it makes the funeral seem very funny as well, and it, not intentionally, but uh, the, mo- the <laughs> when a movie like this is not good, um, if it if it's not funny, like unintentionally, they can be very hard to get through. And <laughs> so I don't know. I liked it. I can't fucking I can't fucking help it. Uh, so, anyway, uh, as you might understand, as you might expect, this guy and his voiceover talking to the audience is the voice from beyond. Uh, but but in order to solve his mystery, he must connect connect with uh, someone other than the audience, someone who can actually do something for him. And so he connects with uh, one of his uh, family members. Uh, In order to kind of solve his crime from the grave. (laughs) So it's, I mean, even from the fucking premise, it's ludicrous and stupid and totally impossible. So I don't see why the movie has to fucking make sense. And like, why why can't it have shitty lines like that? And like, it's just, it's just a fucking movie. So I don't know, it's fun. (laughs) And there's a lot of uh, dream sequences In the movie that are really fun and throughout the movie we keep going back to visit the guy who died Um, like we go into his coffin (laughs) to visit his body (laughs) and then every time we go he's like a little more decomposed and so I enjoyed that uh, (laughs) very much and it's super fucking cheesy and dumb and ludicrous but that's like everything that made me like it (laughs) and there's like a cool dream one of the dream sequences is like a just like a straight up zombie movie (laughs) with all these zombies busting out of fucking tombs and shit and that's pretty fun um i don't know it's uh it's a fun movie and I get the the feeling that he was kind of sad at the end of his life, uh, Fulci, because at the end of the movie, it says, "Dedicated to my few real friends in particular, Clive Barker and Claudio Caraba." And I don't know who Claudio Caraba is, but uh, obviously Clive Barker is the The wonderfully visionary uh, author that I love uh, very much. And so apparently he knew uh, Lucio Fulci, which I did not know. Um, So so anyway, I have a a couple more (laughs) wonderful little uh, quotes to play you from uh, Voices from Beyond. So here is just remember you're talking to someone who loves you it's not what you think my dear you're just a little whore <laughs> and uh here is uh number three you're like a bunch of hyenas ready to pounce Rosie, you shut that damn mouth of yours once and for all <laughs> Uh, it's, like I said, it's not a great movie, but, uh, they don't all have to be great <laughs> to be enjoyable. Uh, so that's, uh, Voices from Beyond. I, I, I do recommend it, but only to people who like, uh, like <laughs> just, just go in and have fun with it. I don't know like I, I I always whenever I see a movie like this it's hard to recommend it or not recommend it cuz uh, you never know how people are going to take it but uh I don't know if you like bad movies that are fun eh, I mean you could do better than voices from beyond for sure but I fucking enjoyed it and I I'm glad I watched it and because I think even on the, I think it was the last episode where I said something about like ah, I shouldn't watch any more Fulci movies. <laughs> so this one has kind of uh, swayed me back into like oh, I should check more of his stuff out. <laughs> okay, so then the next movie that I have is Pieces, 1982, directed by Juan Piquer Simon. And Pieces, uh, unlike Voices from Beyond, is a very well-regarded cult movie, cult horror movie. Um, I guess you could call it a slasher. And uh, it's about, uh, it it opens with a little kid. And he's making a puzzle of a naked woman. And his mom comes in and... this kid is probably like I don't know ten or eleven, something like that. And not I'm I'm not a good judge of kids, but I don't know he's roughly that. Whatever. What if he's nine? You gonna come and fucking hunt me down? <laughs> anyway. So this kid's making a, a puzzle of a naked woman. And his mom comes in, and she's really pissed off, and she's like, Oh, your fucking dad gave you this shit. He's he's such a fucking piece of shit, and you're a piece of shit like him. Oh, fuck. (laughs) And she's like, gonna beat him up or whatever, and she smashes his mirror, and that, like, wigs him out. So he goes and gets a fucking axe, just fucking buries it in the top of her head and then he gets a saw like a straight up old school wood saw and he saws her into fucking parts (laughs) and it's, it's it's graphic but it's also not it's not super graphic um but if you don't watch horror movies, it's probably it probably seems a lot more graphic than it does to me. Um, and then the kid fucking gets away with it. He like hides in the closet, and then the cops bust in, and he fucking makes up some story, and they you know they buy it. So he goes to live with like his aunt or something like that. And that was uh, set in 1942. Then we go 40 years later, now it's 1982, and it's uh, like we're on the set, on a set, on a fucking, like a little college. um, And uh, girls are getting killed at the college. And uh, the killer is uh th- this movie is not a giallo movie <laughs> giallo being the the um i think it's a, just 70s 70s italian style of filmmaking it's like a thriller mystery um started by uh, argento with um bird of the crystal plumage and Fucking cat-o'-nine-tails and all this shit. Um, but anyway, the style is basically defined by Argento's uh, style, which was first-person shots from the killer's perspective, black-gloved killer, generally with the trench coat and a hat and shit. Anyway um so those elements uh exist in pieces um uh, but this is not a giallo at all but you can definitely see the the influence there anyway so this guy is uh a lot of giallos are like the guys killing with a knife and stuff too although uh now i'm thinking about that that fucking horrific kill in argento's deep red with the the, he like holds this fucking lady's head under water in the bathtub and it's like fucking boiling hot water and her fucking face gets all boiled and oh it's so fucking gnarly and it's all first person and it's just it's it's so fucking gnarly I saw that movie like six years ago and that shit still burned into my brain (laughs) Anyway um, So this guy In pieces Is going around with a trench coat and black gloves and But this guy uses a chainsaw <laughs> And he just fucking Chainsaws their heads off And cuts the Women into pieces uh, Hence the title um, <laughs> And it's a pretty good a Little slasher movie It's not like I don't think it's great. I I think that probably just my my predisposition to to f- like American slashers because like fucking 80s music and <laughs> I don't know. It, it like Leneau Quigley and shit like that. like the I don't know. Uh I really like American <laughs> Early 80s slasher. It's like such a sweet spot. And they're, they're, they're all different from one another, but like, I don't know. There's, there's like this base level feeling that's in all of them, or at least most of them. And it's just such a fucking, like, it makes me just feel good inside. <laughs> anyway, so like, Pieces is 82, but it, it doesn't have that feel. It feels like it's a fucking '70s movie, like hardcore. Um, it's 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 crazy. Like I would have never guessed that it was '82. It doesn't look like '80s. It doesn't feel like '80s. It's 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 such a '70s movie. I wouldn't be surprised if they made it and held it, but I don't think that they did. Uh, but anyway. So there's just a dude fucking going around uh, chainsawing people, and and each each kill is very inventive and creative, and unique, and which is a, a good element for a slasher. And uh, like there's a kill with the waterbed that's really fucking brutal. <laughs> like it's it's so fucking gnarly. That one is is really bad. That there's a Thing in an elevator, all kinds of shit. I don't want to like blow it up, but uh, blow it up, a fucking spoil it all. But like, I don't know. If you if you like horror movies, definitely watch it. It's fucking good. It's 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 up there. It's worth it. Um, but what I really liked is that. Okay, so we meet the kid at the beginning, so it's pretty, like, clear that forty years later he's gonna be the killer. Because this kid is a fucking nutcase Uh, But we don't know Who that kid is Grown up 40 years later For just about the entire movie And so you're guessing And they They definitely push you towards Multiple different people throughout the movie And it, you know It's uh, it's very fun I like mystery in in that way So I, I was Like guessing who it was and oh is it this dude is it that dude (laughs) you know shit like that and then you always have to consider like oh well maybe it's a fucking maybe it's like his his twin sister or some shit I don't know (laughs) I try to fake myself out so that when it actually comes I'm like oh shit (laughs) just trying to have fun Um, another thing that I want to mention is that Uh, Originally, the movie was shot in Spanish, and then when it had a U.S. release, they dubbed it into English, but they also changed the entire score from what the director had intended to being this, like, public domain score, and the DVD has both scores, and uh, I was kind of flipping back and forth between them. I'm always... As, as you may have gathered, I'm very interested in music and specifically with movies, the, the way music um, interplays with the image and then how that, that, uh, that partnership between music and image then influences how it is perceived by me, the audience member. So I was flipping back and forth, and, and for the most part, uh, the the original score is much better. It's like a tense kind of piano score that's uh, very atmospheric and well done. And then the, the public domain score is like <laughs> shitty fucking like... 60s pop jazz and like it's fucking it's so stupid but then later in the movie um there's shit like like the the waterbed kill specifically has this on the American score has this really cool like driving fucking rock and roll song like like this fucking like it has a real heft to it that that adds to the scene a lot and then the, the original score just has the similar sort of sparse piano thing Um, and it has a couple of themes that recur throughout the whole score but like it just doesn't have the same fucking oomph as that dope American part so I don't know so it's like like my instinct is always to watch director's intent the original version of anything Uh, but in this specific case Uh, There were instances of of the U.S. score that were very good. So if you do watch it, I don't know uh, what I would recommend specifically. But I will say this. Uh, Where Voices from Beyond has shitty dialogue, and it's dubbed in English, Pieces... Has a very similar <laughs> shitty dialogue dubbed uh, into English And it's not necessarily apparent in the subtitles But there, when I was flipping back and forth a couple times I hit upon uh, some fucking gems And I only recorded one of them uh, But <laughs> there's another part Because just like... Um, just like a lot of italian movies specifically like spaghetti westerns and and basically any italian movie made um around that time 60s 70s probably even in the 80s um and hong kong movies are the same like all the Shaw brothers movies are shot uh in the same way uh, without any sound and then they all dub in sound later so then Uh, the actors on the set could speak specifically in the European stuff like spaghetti westerns and and stuff like that. The actors could be multi-ethnic and speak whatever language they wanted, and then when they dubbed in the Italian track or the Spanish track or the English track, they would then maybe dub their own language, um, and then other actors would just fill in for the rest of it. So there's parts in pieces, there's pieces in pieces, um, where it's very clear that people are speaking English. And there's one part in particular where this woman is yelling, (laughs) and it's very obvious that she's yelling uh, the same thing over and over. Bastard! Bastard <laughs> You bastards <laughs> and, and The subtitle is like Oh you bastards You're all monsters Or some fucking shit like that And it's like man she's not fucking saying that So when I switched to the English <laughs> And she just yells And it's so like <laughs> It's so fucking funny uh, But I didn't record that one I recorded another one um, and that one I just specific, I, didn't, I didn't see anybody saying anything in, in English mouth reading, but I, I just switched it over to hear what the song was and then this dude said this: "I appreciate it. I'll send you a case of lollipops. <laughs> uh, that's a good line to just take out of context. <laughs> All right, so pieces, that's pieces. Um, I, I, one other thing that I want to say about pieces. Is just randomly in the middle of the movie, uh, fucking Bruce Lee. Fucking Bruce Lee just jumps out and starts doing kung fu in the middle of the fucking movie. Like to the actress that was yelling bastards. <laughs> and it's it's so it took me by such surprise it's like oh, holy shit is that bruce lay <laughs> and it fucking is <laughs> and then he's just gone like after that it's like uh the some other guy comes up and he's like oh well, this isn't <laughs> this isn't who you think he, she is like go fucking fight somebody else and then Bruce Lee just runs off into the night. (laughs) It makes no sense that he's there, but (laughs) it made it very enjoyable for me. And uh, especially so because Bruce Lee started, he got his his acting start with the Shaw brothers in uh, the movies that I've just been watching recently within the last few months. So I've seen him uh, very recently. So I was able to immediately identify him. It was, it was like, holy shit, there he is. Uh, there he goes. <laughs> so if you uh, are, are watching pieces, <laughs> look out for Bruce Light. <laughs> All right, so both both of those movies I would call good, even though they are both kind of shitty Um they're both good in their own ways and both shitty in their own ways. Um, but you have to be a very like a specific type of uh movie watcher I think to like either of them, honestly. Although Pieces really has a pretty high uh reputation. A pretty high, high reputation, what the fuck? Like it has a, a pretty good reputation in the horror movie community from what I understand, not that I uh, <laughs> really know people, but <laughs> from these things called the internets it seems like pieces is fairly well regarded um so so, uh that's that's gonna be the show um i don't know (laughs) if this was a good show or not i don't i'm (laughs) i gotta be honest i wasn't feeling it and then right before i recorded i got all excited i was like oh fuck i'm gonna fucking podcast (laughs) And then, like it started, and I was like, "Oh God, <laughs> this is just awful." But I kept going, and so that's the episode. Uh, so, uh, if you have any feedback, uh, send it in. I don't, <laughs> I don't remember if I thanked Evan for his his uh, rant feedback about Star Wars, uh, but I thank you. Uh, I I enjoy. Uh, your comments and I'm glad that you think uh, the episodes are getting better as they go on. Um, I think this, (laughs) this episode is definitely a downturn, (laughs) Uh, but, uh, hopefully I can keep the steam rolling and uh, let me know, uh, if you guys like the, the sound clips, I'm not guaranteeing that I'm going to like keep recording sound clips, but, uh, it's definitely not terribly hard. So I could do that if you guys uh, enjoy it. And so that's the show. Uh, coming up on Silver Emulsion this week in terms of written reviews, I have a review of the brand new Spankin' Full Moon movie. <laughs> Their latest release, uh, Killjoy's Psycho Circus. This is the fifth Killjoy film (sighs) Uh, That's all I'll say about that And the Shaw Brothers Review for the week is going to be A Chang Kang film uh, Who he directed 14 Amazons and A bunch of other dope fucking movies And he's uh, Very underrated and And Uh, under regarded in in the Shaw Brothers stable of directors Uh, but anyway uh, I'm reviewing a movie of his called kidnap that is sort of a uh, true crime tale about uh, these guys uh, kidnapped uh, a rich businessman in Hong Kong and it was the last uh, time in Hong Kong where should I say that? I shouldn't say it. It's kind of a spoiler, but at the same time, the fucking movie opens with it, so I don't know that it's that much of a spoiler. Um, but anyway, <laughs> I don't know. It's a true crime movie about the last case in Hong Kong history where they used the death penalty. So, spoiler alert, they die. Uh, Anyway, so that's coming up on the site. And then uh, Stephen sent in a review, and what was that again? It's for a movie based on the Sega video game. Uh, Big fans of Sega over here at Silver Emulsion. And it's a movie uh, based on the game Bayonetta. And it's called Bayonetta Bloody Fate. I didn't even know they had a movie on that. Uh, But hey, they do. Is it as crazy as the game? Find out. (laughs) By reading Stephen's review. Um, so, uh, So yeah, if you have any feedback, send it in. And uh, any thoughts about the movies or any of my ramblings about Star Wars or uh, Voices from Beyond or, well I guess, <laughs> I just said that, <laughs> whatever, fucking whatever, <laughs> that's a show, uh, keep it real and uh, don't get in too much trouble <laughs> before the new year. <laughs> well actually uh you should get in all the trouble now and then you can uh, new year's resolution your way uh, into like no more trouble <laughs> okay uh, enough fucking around no more fucking around no smiling no laughing uh this is the silver emotion podcast where we're fucking serious business all the time adios